Hello and welcome to the Learn Chinese Insights podcast, brought to you by ChineseLearnOnline.com, your progressive online Mandarin course. In each episode, I interview someone who has learned Chinese as a second language to find out how they learned it and, more importantly, what they're doing with it now. Now, in this episode, I'm happy to have a friend of mine, Derek McGinnis. Uh, Derek, before we get started, why don't you give us a short introduction in Chinese, and then we'll go from there. Okay, good. All right. So you said uh, you've been in in Taiwan for seven years and right. in, yes. in Asia for like, what, 15 years? That's correct. All right. So let's, uh, and originally you're what, you're an American? That's right. All right. So what uh, what prompted you? Did you come to Asia first, or was Taiwan your first place, or how did you land up here? Uh, totally by accident. Um, <laughs> Took the wrong flight? Um, no, I, I flew here intentionally, but when my ending up in Asia was a very much the result of just being born at the wrong time. When I graduated from university, there were no jobs in America. Uh, so my first, my first attempt was to just get work, and I worked odd jobs for a couple of years in the U.S. And then, uh, you know, it was neither fun nor leading to anything meaningful. And so I took a trip to Europe. I traveled around a bit over there. And uh, although I thought Europe was super fantastic and, and very different from living in the West, uh, I also didn't see myself fitting in there in any meaningful way. And so. I uh, went back to the U.S. worked for another year, and then and then did a trip to Asia, where I went to just dozens of countries and traveled around and looked at everything. And on one of these excursions to Asian countries, I stopped in Taiwan because I had friends there, and uh, everybody was doing really well. The economy in Taiwan at that time was doing really well, and the people that I knew here were doing really well. And it seemed like anybody who started a business that had any sense at all could could make at least a decent living at doing something that they enjoyed doing. And so I stayed and, and pursued a career of my own here. And uh, and that's how I ended up in Taiwan. Hmm. Okay, good. So when you landed up in, in Taiwan and you said, you know, people had jobs and economy was good and stuff. So then what was your first uh, venture here? What did you start doing? Uh, right away, I didn't start doing anything. I got on a motorcycle and I traveled around the island quite a bit. And then I found myself in Taipei uh, with my friends and uh, started doing teaching part-time uh, as a segue into what would come later. And I ended up doing quite a bit of teaching for the first three or four years that I was here. Uh, and then I started my own uh, electronics company building servers. Mm, all right. So while you were teaching, were you looking for other opportunities of things you could be doing, businesses and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Because teaching, most of the teaching jobs over here, especially at that time, were part-time. So you could either do one, two, or three jobs in a day, and then you had 
if you were doing less than three, then you had to have free time to do uh, pursue other things and, and look into other avenues. All right. Now, when you started your own business, was it like an official business that you had to, you know, get licensed and whatnot, or just something on the side? In the beginning, I just did it on my own. People paid me cash um, to do my business, and then uh, after about a year, I licensed the business, uh, started a full corporation, what's called a Yoshian Gongsu here. Okay. And then uh, used that to get my legal status and pay taxes and, and all the other stuff that goes along with it. And it's not particularly challenging to, to set up a business and get your, your paperwork, in particular in Taiwan. Other Asian nations, it's varying levels of difficulty. I lived in Thailand, and I also set up a business there and, and did the whole corporate visa thing there as well. And it's much, much more complicated in Thailand. Oh, interesting. So this particular business, were you targeting uh, local Taiwanese or was it like foreign clients? It was a mix. I started with foreign clients and then I moved into the local market. But even in the local market, my servers were sold uh, mostly to bilingual offices for people that were using computers in English and Chinese. Hmm, I see. So now about uh, Chinese. So as you were living here, was that a priority for you to learn the language? In my first year, I did. I, I listened to some Pimsleur tapes, um, some like learn learn Chinese on your own, this kind of things. Like uh, I call them tapes because it was a, it was a long time ago, but it was actually MP3s that I was listening to. Um, that's how I started my first year. That was all I did. My second year, I started taking classes. In my third year, I enrolled in in university um, in 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 Taichung at Jingyi uh, Dashui. And, and started studying full time. So the the second year, the classes. What kind of classes were those? Just evening classes, one on one. And so, I actually didn't. I didn't find. Eh, we can blame my teacher, or we can blame my mind. But I I really didn't get a lot out of it. So from those, uh, which approach gave you the 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 best results? Full time classes. Hmm. All right. I always I always tell everybody based on my personal experience if you are interested in learning Chinese like actually really want to learn it then you really have to go to school full time at least two hours a day five days a week because the difference between Western languages and, and Chinese is so great there's so much stuff that you have to cram into your head before you can even begin to communicate mm-hmm so now in those classes, you're learning characters, reading, writing, everything, right? Correct. And so uh, at h- how far did you take your learning? Like, did you take it up to fluency or functional level or what was your goal there? I stayed in university there for two years. And then I stopped going uh, to the classes after the second year. I got a certificate and they gave me a sort of year at this level. Um, Taiwanese uh, Taiwan schools don't follow the international standards, so they just give you a certificate and say, "Hey, there you go. You're fairly proficient now." Um, and I and I stopped because I felt that I was doing well enough to carry on with my business. But I also continued to study on my own. And at that level, once you get to that sort of level where you can read and you can listen to stuff and understand the parts that you don't know, mm-hmm. and then figure out what it what the meaning is that you're missing then then you can start to study on your own but it takes quite a long time to get there right so being able to 
to speak Chinese at that level, how, did it change anything in your day-to-day life, whether just personally or in terms of your business? It opens doors. It definitely opens the doors for business. If you're able to communicate with people in Chinese, then there's a lot more people that you can talk to. Because, I mean, even here in Taipei, where you have a lot of people that can speak English. You know, I had two meetings today where uh, both the guys that I met with couldn't speak English at all. Hmm. But I, I meet people every day in Taipei that can speak English. But, you know, today I'm, uh, I'm going to bring in two new clients just because I can speak Chinese and they can't speak English. So that's definitely a major door opener, but, but it's also a lot of fun. I can't say that it's going to be fun for everyone, but I think that Chinese as a language is a lot of fun. The more I learn about it, the more fun I have with it. Mm-hmm. And for now, there's there's many other expats who've lived here for a while who who don't speak Chinese, and many of them think they don't have the ability. They say, "Oh, I don't have the you know the ability to learn new languages or something." Is that something you agree with? Like, can anybody do it? Anybody can do it. You just you've got to have. You've got to be persistent. You've got to be willing. It's not about ability. It's it's about perseverance, really. Um, mm. Because I'm not that smart, and I wasn't good at languages. You know, I I studied a bit of Spanish and I studied a bit of French, and and I was horrible at it. I was so bad at it that I just I was like, no, there's no there's no reason to do this. The only reason I succeeded at Chinese is because I persevered and I persevered, and and every time I came to a situation where I was like, fuck it, I can't do this, I just pushed on through. I was mm. like, I'll fucking figure it out. I'll figure it out. I don't care. I'm going to keep on going. I did a lot of things that most people don't do. What kind of things? Because it was particularly challenging for me. There was things that I knew that I had to push through some very difficult things that I think other people would have just looked at it and said, there's no way I'm going to do that. And so they would have just stopped. For example, I had a really good friend of mine, a Taiwanese uh, friend in my third year here and, and you know, I've been, I'd had studied at the university level at that point, you know, I was, supposedly I was doing really well. And she told me that my Chinese was just absolutely terrible, that it should be better than it was for where I was. So she took me to uh, a regular bookstore here and she gave me a book with a CD in it that was designed for three-year-old Taiwanese kids. I mean, extremely condescending stuff here. Mm-hmm. And, and the CD on had a, had a woman who sang with these kids and they spoke and sang every single sound that occurs in Chinese. Hmm. And for me, as a computer engineer, I, I, I treated that like the source code for the language. And once I listened to that CD enough times, I listened to it in MP3 format, but after I had listened to it enough times, I could my mind could pick out the sounds that people were making. And until I had done that, I couldn't. Like my brain just couldn't decipher all of the sounds that were happening when people were speaking because I had never, you know, basically put it into my head. Mm. I never studied music and so I you know, my ear isn't that acute at hearing the, the, the intricacies of things. But after I listened to that C D I could. And then, you know, people, uh, I, tell, I tell people that story all the time. And they say, well, how many times did you listen to the CD? And I usually lie to people and I say, I listened to it 50 times. And that was enough because I'm afraid if I tell them the truth, there's no way they will ever attempt to do it. But I really like to encourage people to do it. And so if they hear 50 times, a lot of people say, oh, wow, that's really a lot of times. I don't know if I could do that. But the truth is, I listened to it more than 300 times. Mm-hmm. I listened to it over and over and over until it finally, you know, it pounded it into my head. Mm-hmm. Probably but someone could make a more interesting version of that 
not targeted to three-year-olds, but targeted to, to expats, right? Yeah, sure. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Interesting. So, uh, so you mentioned in the intro that now you're doing something completely different related to fitness. So how yeah. did you how did you get into that? Uh, that was mostly just my own personal lifestyle change, you know. Um, when I was in my 20s and 30s, uh, I liked to smoke and drink. Um, and, and now I'm in my 40s and, and, I'm, and I don't want to smoke and I don't want to drink. And, and I go to bed early and, and I exercise every day because I'm not so concerned with, uh, you know, partying. I'm much more concerned with in, in enjoying my everyday and, and living a healthier lifestyle uh, so that I can have the same kind of energy that I had when I was in my 20s. Um, and that's, that's, that becomes more challenging when you get older, but it's very doable if you, if you do adopt these practices like exercising every day and eating, eating healthy. And so if you can incorporate your business into that same sort of lifestyle so you don't have to, you know, separate the, the work from the, from the, the positive aspects of lifestyle and just incorporate it all into one thing, I think that's a, for me, a better avenue. Hmm. So that's the reason why I'm, I'm working in the, the health and business, uh, fitness business now. Um, and now, the, and there's also there's a huge opportunity right now in in all of Asia, in particular the Chinese speaking nations. Uh, fitness is very immature. This is a huge amount of opportunity to be had in Taiwan and in China and, and throughout Asia in in health and fitness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can you talk about? So, obviously, like you mentioned today, you were speaking to a couple of clients in Chinese only. Other than the language difference, do you find there's a big difference in in culture dealing with expats or foreign people versus the local Chinese population? Yeah, I think there's a huge cultural difference. Um, like, what are some examples you've noticed of of how the two types of clients would react differently? Um, one of the one of the things like one of the things that I feel is very specific to American culture and Taiwanese culture is in American culture, people will speak exactly what they're thinking, mm-hmm. in particular in business. You know, unless you're trying to deceive someone, you want to be very clear about uh, what you want to accomplish and and how you want to accomplish it. Um, and so when you're when you're discussing business, you're you're just you know you're really straightforward with people. Um, but but here in Taiwan, you you can't do that. You have to. Find a way to express your goal to them in an indirect way. Otherwise, you're considered as being very impolite. And so that, having lived in, in Taiwan for seven years, it's it's become fairly second nature to me to do that. But uh, it certainly wasn't in the beginning. And I also had, having lived in Thailand for three years, where they take that same level of indirectness to a whole new level, where... It's it's a really a super polite society when it comes to business, and you've really got to be super nice about the way you approach things. And you might have to have three meetings in Thailand uh, just to basically say something that if, if you were in the U.S., you would have one meeting. It would be 15 minutes long, and you just say, I want to accomplish this. This is how I intend to get it done. Uh, are you on board with me? And, mm. and just get your answer. Whereas in, in Thailand, it would be like you would sit down with people, get to know them, not talk about business one meeting. Next meeting, sit down, talk to them, reference some of the things that you talked about in the last meeting and, and start and start sort of going in the direction of talking about business. And then in the third meeting, actually sit down and talk about business. And in, and in Taiwan, it's about half as severe, whereas you would, you would you know, 
you you should be able to get everything done in one meeting, but you sort of have to go through that whole process through through the one meeting. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're dealing with with Taiwanese clients, uh, when they find out that oh, you're an expat, is there any nervousness from them dealing with you as opposed to dealing with another Taiwanese person? I I, w- I would think so. You, you know, and sometimes you can see very clearly in, pe- in people's eyes that they're nervous, and, and other times you pick up on their nervousness in other ways. Um, but invariably, people will ask me, oh, well, why do you live here? Uh, why don't you go back to the U.S.? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, mostly, it's just habit. You know, I like right. it over here. I like sure. it over here. A lot of times, people ask me, you know, why don't, why don't you live in the U.S.? And I say, well, I, I live in Taiwan because it's a free country. And, uh, <laughs> that, that makes me laugh. <laughs> but it's actually true. It is. It's, it feels much freer here, generally speaking, in, in most of the Asian c- countries that I've been to than, than it feels in, in America, where Big Brother is watching your every move. So getting back to the, the nervousness, I guess a lot of that is related just to the language issues. So I would imagine that once they hear you speaking Chinese, then they it kind of eases them. Yeah, absolutely. Almost, uh, almost you know, right away. Right. People hear you speak Chinese. Oh, oh, oh. And they don't have to feel nervous because, you know, most of the time when, when I sit down with Taiwanese people, they look at me and they're like, oh, no, I'm going to have to speak English because they right. just look at my face and they're like, oh, he's a Westerner. I'm going to have to speak English. And then, you know, I start speaking uh, Chinese and then they go, oh, okay, great. I can speak Chinese. So they feel much more comfortable right away. Right. All right. Now, if you had to give advice to, because there must be a lot of expats here who've been in Taiwan for a while who are teaching English, but who may have other interests or would like to be doing something different. So obviously you were able to make the transition from teaching into other things. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who's teaching here who would like to do something else? Get out, get outside of your comfort zone. Get outside of your comfort zone. Get out... Uh... Certainly get out of the, the places where people go to drink and try to find other venues where, where people are collaborating on business. There's a lot more in Taipei right now. There's a lot more these networking events that you could go to that are, uh, for expats or for locals or for, for both, for both groups. Um, and there's also a lot of entre- entrepreneurial groups. Uh, some of them are, uh, uh, between Hong Kong and Taipei. Like there's, there's groups that, um, work together. Mm-hmm. Between uh, Taipei and Hong Kong, looking for new startup ideas and stuff like this. So, so yeah, uh, get out of your comfort zone. Get out there and, and, and don't be afraid to, to shake hands and kiss babies and, and try new things. <laughs> and then, what about? Uh, do you have any advice on dis- so discovering your own skill set? Like, there's people who want to do things, but they don't know what they're good at or what they should do. Like you mentioned yourself, how you got into the fitness, you're able to kind of combine what you'd be doing anyway with, because that's ideally what people want to do, right? Take their hobby and turn it into a business. So do you have any advice in that matter? Um, don't be afraid. This is a good question, Adam. Um, and I would just say, don't be afraid. Go, go, go do the things that you like to do and, and, uh, uh, maybe quickly and maybe not quickly, you'll you'll find a way to make money within that. The last time that I was home in 2014 um, in the U.S., I saw lots and lots of new businesses that were based on the concept of somebody who somebody really liked doing something or somebody really liked 
something that was unusual and they and they built a business around it. And I was really I was surprised at the the many different weird strange things that I saw, you know, people were you know, a guy was good at doing handmade uh, shoes, and so he made a business out of it. And and now nowadays in, in in the U.S. in some places you can do stuff like that. You can have such an incredibly specialized thing that you can do that you can actually charge enough to make money um, making specialized shoes for people or something like that. Another guy had an ice cream shop and he did uh, these really small batch ice uh, ice creams, and they were super expensive. And, uh, and, and, but, but because he did, he made this ice cream by hand in a, in a big, whatever they make ice cream in, um, it was like artisan ice cream and he, and he charged a heavy price and he had a lineup down the block. Mm-hmm. So I think that in the future, we'll see a lot more of that stuff happening in, in the Asian market in, in Taiwan and in China and other places. Yeah, I guess there's, there's two ways to go about it. You could come up with some type of business idea or service where you're providing something to, to local Taiwanese here, or because of this day and age with internet and things, you can come up with a site or selling some product or service to people in other parts of the world that have nothing to do with Taiwan, but then you still benefit from being here, you know, from the lower cost of living and such. Absolutely. Right. Okay, well, that's uh, good advice. Uh, going back to your uh, your time learning Chinese, you had mentioned that uh, your progressive, uh, how you the, the different approaches you took to learning. If you were to go back in time, is there anything you'd do differently? Like, would you have just enrolled in university right from the beginning? Yeah, I would have started sooner for sure. Hmm. What else, um, other than starting earlier, would I have done? Enrolled in university sooner and 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 done it more immersively, like. I was only doing morning classes when I was in university. If I had an opportunity to do it full time all day, mm-hmm. and then I would do that. Some of some of my friends have actually done that here. They came to study Chinese straight out of university. They came to Taiwan and they were doing five hours a day, five days a week of it. And uh, all of the people that I know that did that had even greater success than I did. Mm. All right. So if you're going to do something, just jump in with both feet. Go all in. <laughs> All right. Well, good stuff. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate that. And yeah, I'll be happy to forward any comments that people have. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Wonderful talking to you. Okay, thanks. Thanks.